our, our greatest uh, hopes and dreams would be faithfulness, faithful presence, you know, that, um, that as the Holy Spirit goes before them, that he would lead them into that kind of deep incarnational faithful presence that allows for a deep gospel witness. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we get to go to seminary. Wow, Uh, it's been a while since I've been in seminary, and today we're going to Kentucky, where Dr. Greg Okeson is the Ira Galloway and D.M. Beeson Chair of Leadership Development, Mission, and Evangelism. But that's not his only title. He is also Dean at the E. Stanley Jones School of World Mission and Evangelism, our focus today. And he is Presidential Envoy and Director of Global Partnerships for Asbury Theological Seminary in Wilmore, Kentucky. That's where he's based today. Dr. Okeson, welcome to Charisma Connection. Thanks. It's a great delight to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we're glad we could bring you on board here today. And I mentioned that you are Dean at the E. Stanley Jones School of World Mission and Evangelism, our topic today out of all of your varied and interesting roles at Asbury. Now, for any who don't know the name, who was E. Stanley Jones? Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, so before um, somebody like a Billy Graham, there was E. Stanley Jones. He um, arguably could be one of the most influential, best-known missionaries. Um, He was a missionary to India, had an incredible career uh, contextualizing the gospel in India. He was an evangelist. He traveled all around the world, uh, six continents. He was um, a friend of Mahatma Gandhi and and, and other dignitaries around the world and played a really strong peacekeeping role in the world. So really just an incredible um, scholar, evangelist, uh, statesman. So really a significant player um, in in the field of world mission and evangelism. Sounds like an amazing talent there. God skilled him with for in many different ways. So when did you actually become dean of this school? Yeah, so I've been at Asbury for a decade now. Um, we were missionaries in East Africa before that. Hmm. And um, I've been uh, dean for nine years, so nine of those ten years. Okay. And at the East Stanley Jones School, what are some of the subject areas that you delve into? Obviously, broadly, world missions and evangelism, but how do you get deep into those areas? Yeah, so missiology is an integrative or a multidisciplinary field, so it's really uh, exciting. It gets us into a lot of fascinating topics, obviously uh, topics like evangelism, discipleship, church planting would be a big focus of ours, but it also gets us into issues of international development and dealing with complex things such as poverty. Um, it uh, focuses on contextual theology, uh, the growth of world Christianity and understanding how Christianity is emerging and what contributions 
takes us into the migration, the movement of people and um, a field we call diaspora missiology. Certainly of ethnicity, race, and the church, which are critical, especially right now, uh, as well as larger public issues, public theology, public missiology. So really just a, a fascinating assortment of um, of themes. I, I tell people that, you know, I don't know that it's ever been as exciting and important of a time to actually focus upon missiology as right now. I can see that. So what type of context are you preparing your students for? Yeah, so it's really a fascinating, one of the, one of the, the, the key issues that we find in the world is that, you know, it used to be from the West to the rest, you know, so kind of a movement of missions from, um, from the UK or from uh, the US, North America to the rest of the world. And now what we're really seeing is what we call polycentric mission, moving from everywhere to everywhere. So we're certainly seeing reverse mission where we're seeing Africans and Latin Americans and Asians coming to the West as missionaries. And um, our job is to is to work with them. In fact, uh, many of the areas, um, churches that are growing the fastest in the United States right now are these ethnic minority or these, um, uh, you know, churches that um, are founded by people that originally lived outside of the United States. Um, But we're also seeing a huge need for missiological energy getting back to churches that are heavily secularized. Um, You know, we talk about a post-Christian context in the West, and uh, somebody like a a Leslie Lubigan, a well-known missiologist, uh, would really be uh, somebody who has uh, captivated our attention to say, well, with all the energy that we have given historically to thinking of mission Around the world, we need to give that same energy to um, very Western, uh, increasingly secular, post-Christian context. So it's really not an either-or situation, but and I think that's what makes polycentric mission so exciting, is that really we, we need to give uh, evangelistic, church-planting, missiological energy to all contexts. And with the migration and the movement of people, it's really an exciting day to do that. I love that you say everywhere to everywhere. I've always found it fascinating when someone from Africa, for instance, would come here to America as a missionary, very specifically to be a missionary. And uh, they, they certainly energize us uh, spiritually in a different kind of way. Yeah. yeah, and we have so much to learn from them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Now, you do focus on reached and unreached peoples. There may be some in our audience who don't know what an unreached people group is. Could you fill us in on that? Yeah, so, you know, we use that word loosely. Um, maybe more technically it would be lesser reached. You know, the, one of the, the things that we're finding is that there is a gospel presence everywhere, but um, there are contexts that are very hard contexts for a gospel witness. So we were missionaries, for example, in East Africa among Muslims and 
and certainly in Muslim contexts, Hindu contexts like Easton Jones was very involved in mission in a, in a Hindu context. And we're even finding this in heavily secularized contexts that a, a, um, a gospel presence is needed there for a long period of time in order for it to um, really influence and, and, and open up opportunities for people to confess, to, to um, confess Christ as Lord, to give themselves to the power of the Holy Spirit. So uh, reach would be, you know, those contexts where there is a strong Christian presence, churches, vibrant churches of different kinds. Unreach would be those contexts where there it's uh, it's a need for like a creative access country where you can't just go in there as a as a traditional missionary, and um, and certainly we think of contexts um, around the world, uh, China for example, right now, which uh, would make it very hard for um, somebody from the outside to go there. Although the church in China is growing. Uh, perhaps faster than many places in the world today. Mm-hmm. That's true. But creative access, you might be talking about someone who goes in and teaches English as a second language, for instance, and yet on the, perhaps their real purpose is to bring the gospel to that nation. Right, that's exactly it. Business's mission is a huge field. Uh, mm-hmm. So looking for ways to actually allow for an incarnational presence through the power of the Holy Spirit into a context in order to form communities. And so um, obviously there are contexts that it's easier and there is a stronger Christian presence and others where there just is uh, a much smaller uh, struggling missionary presence. And yet it's really in the suffering that takes place there that we often see, and we see this all throughout the scripture as well as in church history, where uh, the Holy Spirit uses that suffering in really significant ways. Mm-hmm. Well, back on the, the reached and the unreached, um, we know that the Apostle Paul talked about not wanting to preach Christ in an area where, you know, the gospel had already been preached. But we know that there are also times that people don't get saved unless they hear the gospel more than once. So I wonder what E. Stanley Jones thinks about all of this. Yeah, he's really a fascinating case study because he, I mean, he spent his whole career in India. So, you know, he, he certainly would be one of those that would represent the strong need for a long-term incarnational presence his um, passion was to reach the higher caste um, people. There was a lot of ministry at the time among the Dalits and the lower caste, and uh, and yet he was challenged by some higher castes to uh, have a ministry to them. And, and as a very um, as an intellectual himself, as a, as a very scholarly person, he uh, spent his 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 whole career ministering. Uh, to the to the Brahmins, to the higher caste people. So he would be an example of somebody who uh, would probably say that in order to meet, to to really kind of break through in some of these areas, a long term 
presence is needed where you need to preach the gospel, you need to live the gospel, and you need to dialogue with people and listen to them. But he also spent certainly half of his life traveling all around the world. I mean, he traveled to all six continents. He uh, was an evangelist. Sometimes he would, he would preach five times a day in different contexts. He's an incredible preacher. And so he would also be representative of those that really wanted to constantly be preaching Christ where it had not been preached. So I think, I think he's a great case study how we need both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and a true evangelist, you know, again, you know, in the, in the likes of your Billy Grahams and others, but also somebody who really gave his entire life for India mm-hmm. and, uh, and, has, and, you know, his, his book, Christ of the Indian Road, is one of the most significant books I think ever written that really shows a deep contextualization, really wanting uh, to show how Christianity is not just this Western um, religion, but what Christianity looks like incarnated in a new context. Mm-hmm. Well, he certainly gives new meaning to traveling evangelists, doesn't he, <laughs> to that term, yeah, traveling six continents. Yeah, yeah. So how many are in your student body there at Asbury and then also at East Stanley Jones? Yeah, so Asbury's, um, you know, God has really blessed us, and I think uh, we've seen growth the last um you know, a lot of institutions are struggling. We've seen, I think, six, seven years of steady growth as an institution. So we have about 1,700 or so uh, students at the seminary. And um, the East Stanley Jones School of World Mission Evangelism is one school within the seminary. And we probably have, um, you know, anywhere between 100 and 150 students. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're definitely the most diverse. We have a lot of international students, a lot of U.S. ethnic minority students. And so um, it's really a fun context. Uh, you know, when we were uh, thinking about coming back from Africa, one of my concerns was, you know, living in Kentucky and not being surrounded by the nations. And yet, you know, Wilmore, Kentucky is really a fascinating place. And incredible diversity and really have a, an opportunity to um, to teach with and, uh, and to just incredible men and women uh, from all around the world, and it, it creates such a great learning environment. Well, could you tell us about some of the success stories of your students or alumni? Yeah, you know, so I I think, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind are just, you know, these incredible godly men and women all around the world, you know, so, um, you know, um, Bishop Lopes, who's a bishop in Brazil and and really is uh, leading um, the just an incredible renewal and a a movement of church planting in Brazil. So he's with the, the Methodist Church of Brazil. Uh, we've other we've got others that are institutional leaders. So uh, Prabhu Singh is uh, you know the president of one of the key seminaries in India, uh, and we've got others in Singapore. Um, in fact, one of our grads uh, 
um, who is the great 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 grandson of Hudson Taylor, the you know the famous missionary in in China, is leading uh, an institution in Taiwan. And so we've got these incredible institutional leaders, and we've got um, our graduates, our professors at prestigious seminaries, both here in North America as well around the world. And yet there are so many others that are just faithful missionaries. They're leaders of faith-based NGOs, both here in the States as well as abroad. Ajith Fernando would be another well-known name in Christian circles. So uh, I, I think it's just this incredible, uh, humbling uh, responsibility um, because uh, our school has uh, trained such incredible uh, men and women, church planters all throughout the United States, uh, and see the incredible influence that they're having. And and um, and I, I really, you know, it's it's really kind of world class training. And yet it's with uh, people that have had such an incredible experience of being immersed in missions themselves. Uh, it's it's great to see the missions emphasis come down through the generations of a family. But also I love what you said about someone just being a faithful missionary. Maybe they don't have that background, maybe even came out of a family that were not saved. So maybe that's why they have such a focus on the gospel. But I love what you're doing there, what you're doing, what you're seeing with your students and your alumni. So what are your hopes and dreams for these students who have committed themselves to world missions and evangelism? Yeah, I think, you know, our our greatest uh, hopes and dreams would be faithfulness, faithful presence. You know, that, um, that as the Holy Spirit goes before them, that he would lead them into that kind of deep incarnational faithful presence that allows for a deep gospel witness in an area. Um, so, I, you know, I think faithfulness would be uh, a, a, one of our greatest hopes and dreams. Um, I think the other thing is that we we really try and keep a very strong connection with our alumni because, you know, they're the ones living it every day of their lives. And um, and what can we as an institution learn from them? So we, we, we regularly bring our alumni back and provide opportunities to listen to them. And what, what do we need to learn? What do we, uh, what areas do we need to emphasize? So I think really allowing our alumni to feed back into how we do our training, our missiological training at the institution is, is an important. Um, we've put a lot of emphasis recently on church planting and really wanting to be a part of church planting movements all around the world. We, we often talk about wanting to grow fruit on other people's trees you know that we, what 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 role can a Western seminary have in terms of coming alongside and and listening and loving and serving what God is doing through the power of the Holy Spirit all around the world? So those would be some of the hopes and dreams, I guess. I love that you're learning from those who've been out on the field. That's that's fantastic. Well, could you point everyone to your website? Where can they find out more about the E. Stanley Jones 
School of World Mission and Evangelism. Yeah, we'd love to have you come to Asbury Theological Seminary, and um, we have a page for the East Stanley Jones, but we also have uh, specific programs. So we have a PhD in Intercultural Studies, which is one of the premier PhD programs in missiology in the whole world. Uh, we have a Master's of Intercultural Studies, which is really what we're teaching, missiology, and we have a Master's of Intercultural Studies focused specifically on church plants and that allows people to study without, but without moving to Wilmore, Kentucky. So if anybody is interested in being a part of this training, we develop it through hybrid education and cohort-based, so they learn with other students in a cohort over a three-year period of time, and they never need to move to Wilmore, Kentucky. They come once a year, and we really want to keep them in their context. We really want to learn from what they're experiencing, and so those would be uh, specific degrees that uh, people could look. So it's the PhD in intercultural studies or the master's in intercultural studies or the master's in intercultural studies focused upon church planting, which is really the one uh, that allows them to come uh, just once a year and yet learn in context. And the website is asburyseminary.edu, correct? That, that's correct, yes. And I think you can find a lot of this information under the Academics tab, asburyseminary.edu. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Greg Okasun, for sharing with us your good work there at the E. Stanley Jones School of World Mission and Evangelism. We certainly have felt enriched, or at least I have, from this conversation and just value so much of what you're doing there at Asbury. So God bless you as you continue this work. Thanks so much. It's been a privilege to be with you. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our new podcast at cpnshows.com. That's CPN for Charisma Podcast Network, cpnshows.com. And thanks for listening today. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible. 